This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, lots of developments in the ongoing search for the Titan submersible missing near the wreck site of the Titanic. We'll have uh, lots of updates for you, not the least of which is uh, the fact that Horizon Maritime Services and Miapakek Horizon uh, representatives, they're the ones that are operating the Polar Prince, are making a brief statement to media as we speak in relation to the ongoing search for the Titan submersible. VOCM's Richard Duggan is there. And uh, meanwhile, the U.S. Coast Guard provided another update to media today in Boston following word that banging was heard in the water where a search is underway for the missing Titan submersible. Here's U.S. Coast Guard spokesperson Captain Jamie Frederick just a short while ago. Um, I'm Captain Jamie Frederick with the 1st Coast Guard District and I'll provide an update on our ongoing search efforts for the Titan submarine. Behind me or Beside me, I should say, uh, you'll see uh, several subject matter experts from the Unified Command who introduce themselves uh, momentarily. These individuals represent only a small fraction of the many dedicated professionals working around the clock on this complex response effort. We understand this is an extremely difficult time for the families of the missing crew members aboard the Titan, and our thoughts go out to them and the crew. The Unified Command team is working tirelessly to bring all available assets and expertise to bear as quickly as possible in response to this complex operation. And we remain in close contact with the family members and the crew to ensure they are fully aware of our current and future search efforts. Additionally, we have been in close contact with the British and French Consulates General to ensure that they are fully appraised of our efforts and we are ensuring that their concerns are being addressed. We're incredibly grateful for the full spectrum of international assistance that has been provided, including an expert submariner uh, from the Royal Navy, who's here with us uh, serving aboard uh, as a critical member of our team. Additionally, a team of highly trained French ROV operators departed St. John's last night are en route to aid the search. Moreover, our Canadian partners have been providing critical leadership and significant response capabilities since the beginning of our efforts. Again, this is an incredibly complex search operation requiring both surface and subsurface elements, and our unified approach is critical. The location of the search, 900 miles east of Cape Cod and 400 miles southeast of St. John's, makes it exceptionally difficult to mobilize large amounts of equipment quickly. In spite of those challenges, we've been able to provide continuous air and surface search assets, as well as additional ROV capability to search below the surface. We currently have five surface assets searching for the Titan, and we expect 10 total surface assets to search in the next 24 to 48 hours. There are two ROVs actively searching, and several more are en route and will arrive by tomorrow morning. We've received incredible support with aviation assets, from our Coast Guard Air Station in Elizabeth City, the Air National Guard, and Canadian Armed Forces. Today there are two back-to-back P-3 flights. Uh, one is ongoing now, as I speak, uh, totaling 14 hours of continuous uh, on-scene coverage, and two C-130 flights, uh, also one ongoing now, uh, throughout the day and into the evening. Yesterday, a Canadian P-3 detected underwater noises in the search area. As a result, ROV operations were relocated in an attempt to explore the origin of the noises. 
Although the ROV searches have yielded negative results, they continue. Additionally, the data from the P-3 aircraft has been shared with our U.S. Navy experts for further analysis, which will be considered in future search plans. The surface search is now approximately two times the size of Connecticut, and the subsurface search is up to two and a half miles deep, exponentially expanding the size of the search area. We also have to factor in the ever-changing weather conditions, currents, and sea states that expand the search area every hour. There is an enormous complexity associated with this case due to the location being so offshore, so far offshore, and the coordination between multiple agencies and nations. We greatly appreciate the outpouring of support and offers to provide additional equipment. The Unified Command continues to prioritize assets and resources in order to provide the best capability in the most timely manner. This includes weighing multiple factors to identify the most effective resources available to the response operation. With careful consideration to timeliness of equipment arriving on scene, usefulness and ability to deliver assets to the search area. Over the past 48 hours, we have, through incredible unity of effort, mobilized and implemented a tremendous amount of expertise and response capability. In addition to the ships and aircraft previously mentioned, we've dispatched two subject matter experts from U.S. Navy NAVC Subsalve, who will serve as search coordinators on scene for underwater search operations. So I've been stressing uh, unity of effort a lot uh, in this statement, and that's because it is absolutely critical to this complex operation. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with the crew of the Titan and their loved ones. We will continue to work as hard and as quickly as possible in an effort to locate them. So that's U.S. Coast Guard spokesperson Captain Jamie Frederick, who provided that update just a short while ago in Boston. And when we come back after the break, we'll hear more of what he said in response to uh, questions from reporters, including questions surrounding that banging or that noise that was heard and what it could possibly be uh, when we come back right after this. This is News Talk on VOCM. Your VOCM mornings with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy, 530 to 9 a.m. weekdays on your VOCM. OCM. And we're back. Uh, first, a little uh, traffic update. Uh, the We're being told that the westbound lane of the Outer Ring Road, just west of the Portugal Cove turnoff, is at a standstill right now. We're not sure of the reason why. We'll get more information on that as it becomes available to us. But uh, you can expect some significant delays in that area. Westbound lane of the Outer Ring Road, west of Portugal Cove turnoff, is at a complete standstill right now. So uh, be aware of that. If you're traveling in that general area, you can expect some delays delays there or if you can at all uh, try to avoid the area for the time being and we'll keep you up to date on that as we get more information. Well the search continues as you know for the Titan submersible reported missing while on descent to the Titanic wreck site Sunday morning. Time is ticking down as we all know something that U.S. Coast Guard spokesperson Captain Jamie Frederick was reluctant to focus on when questioned by reporters today. Here's what he had to say. When you're in the middle of a search and rescue case you always have hope. That's, that's why we're doing what we do. Um, with respect to the noises specifically, we, we don't know what they are, uh, to be frank with you. Um, we, the, the P3 detected noises. That's why they're up there. That's why they're doing what they're doing. That's why they put sonar buoys in the water. Um, the good news is, what I can tell you is we're searching in the area where the noises were detected, and we'll continue to do so. And we, we hope um, 
that when we're able to get additional ROVs, which will be there in the morning, the intent will be to continue to search um, in those areas where the noises were detected, and if they're continuing to be detected, and then put additional ROVs down in the last known position where the search was originally taking place. I hadn't heard 30-minute uh, uh, intervals. What, so here's what I can tell you. We, so. I, I am not a trained ear for underwater aquatics. Um, that's why we have a team of experts that are analyzing that data. That data was sent immediately to, uh, to the Navy uh, last night and it was analyzed overnight. They're still looking at it, but I can tell you that it's, it's inconclusive. Um, but again, I think the important piece is we're searching in the area where the noises were detected. Captain, you didn't, you didn't talk about a, a timeline. Can you talk about what timeline you're working on in, in conjunction with the teams that are there? It's a timeline in what respect? How much oxygen they have left on. Oh, okay. Right, so, well, in terms of, so we talked about the oxygen number. I think you're all tracking the oxygen number. I, I think there's an important point with that, though. The, the oxygen, that, that that's just one piece of data, right? There's, there are a lot of pieces of data that we need to consider. And, you know, we're continuously looking at that, and we'll continuously, uh, you know, do that throughout the search. Um, but that's not the only thing that's important, right? And, and right now, our efforts are, are solely for, focused on the search. Um, that certainly is a dialogue that's happening, um, but uh, but we're focused on searching at this point. And this is a, a recovery or a rescue? At this oh, this is, a, this is a search and rescue mission, 100%. We are smack dab in the middle of search and rescue, and, uh, and uh, we'll continue to put every available asset that we have in an effort to, to find the Titan and the crew members. Captain, 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 can you confirm that some sort of rectangular object has been spotted? There was some sort of report about that, I don't know. So, a couple things. So, the, the, the ROVs, all, each ROV brings different capability. Uh, the ROVs that are diving today, um, well, what's the what's the depth on the, the 4,000 yeah, meters? 4,000 meters. Um, and they, some additional ROVs that will be arriving tomorrow have uh, additional depth capability. Um, with respect to uh, an object, so, Yesterday, one of the aircraft uh, did see an object. I, I will tell you this, in search and rescue missions, when aircraft are flying continuously, there is stuff out in the ocean that is floating. Um, we went back, we looked at it, 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 it wasn't, we, we didn't determine it to be debris, we don't think it's, it, it, it correlates with the case, and it is not uncommon at all during an active search to see things, and then we go and look at them, so. So the, the P so several P3 flights are, have heard the noises um, as yesterday, and we put uh, assets there. Um, we, we relocated assets immediately. Um, with respect to uh, food and water, it's my understanding there are some limited rations. I, I can't tell you exactly how much um, they have aboard, but they do have some limited rations aboard uh, the vessel. Speaking to the families, how much hope can you give them after hearing those noises? Listen, you, I, I think you need to be careful. Um, we, we, we need to have hope, right? But but I don't. I can't tell you what the noises are. But what I can tell you is, and I think this is the most important point: we're searching where the noises are, and that's all we can do at this point. Uh, Captain, there's, 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 there's right now about the status of the So I, I, so I just wanted to, so it was my understanding that the P3 had heard some noises today as well. But so I do want to take just an opportunity to uh, to invite uh, Carl uh, to the podium just to talk a little bit about, um, he has a little bit more expertise in, in underwater um, acoustics and maybe just to speak to that in general, because again, um, you know, th there are noises 
below the surface of the ocean. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll just turn it to Carl. Carl, can you spell your C-A-R-L-H-A-R-T-S-F-I-E-L-D. So again, Carl Hartsfield from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. Uh, so the ocean is a very complex place. Obviously, uh, human sounds, nature sounds, and it's very difficult to discern what the source of those no noises are at times, but I can tell you that this team has multiple sensors. They're in the area. They're sending data back expeditiously to the best in the world people to analyze that data, and then they're feeding the results of that analyst back to the unified team, and they're making decisions. So uh, Woods Hole is here in an advisory role, but uh, by our expertise, what I see is a very tight operational loop that's making decisions based on data and nothing is ruled out. There have been multiple reports of noises and every one of those noises is being analyzed, tracked, looked for patterns and reported upon. Can you describe what the noise can you describe what the noise sounds like that they're hearing? Uh, well, you, you know, the noise is, again, very complex in the ocean. Uh, you have to be an acoustic analysis and you have to have context. They're trying to put all the pieces together. Uh, the noises have been described as banging noises. Uh, but again, they have to put the whole picture together in context and they have to eliminate uh, potential man-made sources other than the Titan. Is it possible, is it possible that a ship in the ocean, is it possible a ship in the ocean or even uh, some mammals out there could mimic that kind of sound? So uh, I can tell you from my experience with acoustics that there are sounds uh, by biologics that sound man-made to the untrained ear, but I can assure you that the people listening uh, to these tapes uh, are trained. Uh, there are a lot of vessels in the area and they each make noise, right? So all of that has to be eliminated and it's analysis over time. Plus, as the captain said, it's, we're, the team is searching in the right area. So um, if you continue to analyze, do the analysis, look for um, uh, different patterns and search in the right area, uh, you're, uh, you're doing uh, you know, the best you possibly can do with the best people on uh, the case. And Captain, if you, Captain, apparently there was a, a deep, deep ocean salvage system byway that was sent there to the location. Can you tell if it's, if it's on site yet? and how it operates and how long it would take for the rest to wake up with that, with that team. Which, which uh, system does he speak about? Do you know the system? What's the system that you're talking about? It's called a flyaway deep ocean valve system. That's just a hydraulic? Yeah. That's uh, a crane. Yeah. So, so that's what I thought. So, so that, that's a piece of equipment. Uh, it's a crane piece of equipment. Um, th there are a lot of pieces of equipment flowing in through St. John's right now. Um, one thing I did want to mention, I think it's important, um, some of the ROV capability that's arriving soon is is is, is really great, incredible uh, capability. One thing I want to point out is that French team that's coming in um, to serve aboard with their equipment aboard a French ship. Uh, they they bring some state of the art equipment, and um, so w once they get on, we're going to have more assets down to look, and uh, we'll continue to put them um, where we think uh, the best location is. Um, are you still optimistic that you're going to find the source? So, how many days? Are you just how many days? Are, uh, so, how many well, so we, we have to remain optimistic and hopeful when you're in a search and rescue case.
So we're in this. We're right in the middle of search and rescue case. So I, I don't. I don't want to get into a discussion about when that would end um, with respect to this case. What I will tell you, though, I'm happy to to explain to you kind of how that process were to work. Um, it, you know. It, the Coast Guard prosecutes search and rescue cases on a, on a daily basis, and sometimes we don't find what we're looking for. And you have to you have to carefully consider uh, all of the factors, and um, there are a lot of factors you consider. And then after you consider all of those factors, sometimes you're you're in a position where you have to make a tough decision. We're not there yet, um, but if we continue to search. Potentially, we could be at that point, but again, we're not there yet, and um, that's a discussion that we will have uh, with the family long before um, I'm going to discuss that here publicly. Yeah, so I, I can't put a number on 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 the like. You know, I, I'm not going to put a percent. I don't have a percentage number. What I would tell you is that that is just one data point. And there are more there are more data points than that that we have to look at. So right now we continue to search and we'll have that later. So the the report so the the noises were heard by a Canadian P three and that was this morning and some yesterday. I don't know specifically or that 30 minute intervals, but again, I really think the important point to that is we're in the air, we're searching there. We moved assets and we're searching there and um, and we'll continue to do so. Yeah, I don't, so I, listen, I, whether it's operable or whether it's, um, sitting on the ocean floor, whether it's in the sea column, whether it's in the surface, I, you know, I, it's all speculation. And, I, and, I, and we're, we're just not in the business of speculation. We're in the business of searching and we're putting everything we can with the data we have to search for the vessel. And I think we'll take, uh, we'll take one more question. Yeah, so, so we, um, we, we asked uh, for some additional, um, uh, subsurface uh, support and um, we got that through the Navy um, through a, a liaison officer he, he's just one of, uh, of many team members and uh, we're, we're greatly appreciative of the British government and all the support they've given us so that is a U.S. Coast Guard uh, spokesperson, Captain Jamie Frederick, uh, and he was joined by a number of um, research uh, scientists and uh, others, including Carl Hartsfeld of the Woods Hole Oceanographic um, Institution, uh, who provided a little bit more information on the sound that they are hearing, these noises, this so-called banging, and what that could mean. Uh, Navy acoustics uh, specialists are having a listen to those and trying to determine exactly what they are. Uh, apparently that uh, there are any number of things that that could be, um, but they are concentrating uh, their search efforts in that general area. And as uh, Captain Jamie Frederick indicates, uh, there remains hope in while they conduct the, what he's calling this search and rescue mission off the coast of Newfoundland and Labrador. Coming up, we'll get an up, uh, update um, from the Myopakek, uh Horizon 
uh, and Horizon Maritime Services. They're the ones that uh, have been uh, providing the logistics and the uh, assistance to Ocean Gate on this uh, Titanic expedition. And uh, they spoke with reporters, including VOCM's Richard Duggan, just a short while ago. We'll give you an update on that when we come back after the break. This is News Talk on VOCM. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. And we're back. And as we told you right off the top of the show this afternoon, uh, all the talk, of course, uh, worldwide right now, and we have international media in town covering this story as well, is the uh, ongoing search for the missing Titan submersible, which uh, was last heard from on Sunday morning, and that uh, search effort intensifying. And, of course, as we watch the time tick down, knowing that there are limited resources on board of that submersible, uh, presuming that uh, the people on on board um, are still with us. There are uh, reports of banging heard in the area where the Titan was last known to have been, and uh, that's being analyzed now by uh, U.S. Navy uh, analysts and oceanographers. Uh, but um, the Horizon Maritime Services and Miapakek Horizon um, provided an update of their own this afternoon, just a short while ago, and they're the ones that are uh, running the logistics uh, and uh, the support support and supply vessel the Polar Prince which was uh, helping Ocean Gate with this particular expedition let's hear from uh, Sean Leet and uh, Miapakek Chief Measle Joe we are partners in the joint venture that owns the Polar Prince the Polar Prince is the support vessel for the Ocean Gate expedition and is on scene in supporting the rescue mission as directed by the US Coast Guard and Ocean Gate Today is National Indigenous Peoples Day in Canada. Chief Joe, we acknowledge this day for you, the Miabukek First Nation, and all First Peoples in Newfoundland and Labrador and in Canada. On behalf of myself, Chief Joe, and everyone at Miabukek Horizon Maritime Services and Horizon Maritime I want to say first that our thoughts and focus remain with the crew of the Titan and their families. We wish to thank everyone involved in this rescue mission, especially the U.S. and Canadian Coast Guards, the organizations that have made their marine assets available, including the French government, Technip FMC, Atlantic Towing, DOF, the many private companies who have dropped everything at a moment's notice and without hesitation, and the various crews who are dedicated to bringing the search and rescue mission to a successful conclusion. In addition to the Polar Prince, we have also mobilized the Horizon Arctic to add vessel support for this mission. We acknowledge and thank our client, ExxonMobil, who has without question given the vessel the time and space needed to respond to this incident. We also thank Premier Andrew Fury for his continuous offers of support from the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. The marine industry in this region is no stranger to responding to difficult incidents. We work together to ensure every possible effort is put into bringing people home. The people on board the Titan and their families are our focus. We care deeply about their well-being. All of us here in Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada, the United States and around the world are unified in this work. While the United States Coast Guard, in cooperation with the Canadian Coast Guard, is leading this search and rescue effort, our critical role remains in a support capacity. It has been a very difficult few days for the crew and families of those on board the Titan and the Polar Prince. The Polar Prince captain and crew have been steadfast in providing support during this very difficult time. 
We have been supporting the Titanic expeditions for several years. The Polar Prince, a 72-meter vessel, remains at the Titanic site participating in rescue efforts. The vessel is an iconic former Canadian Coast Guard icebreaker that has been upgraded with advanced technology and provides research and expedition support services to two clients, primarily in the Arctic. Miabukek Horizon purchased the Polar Prince in 2021. The Horizon Arctic is also involved in this mission. The 94-meter vessel is one of the most powerful and versatile offshore support vessels in the world. Often working internationally, this Canadian flag vessel has recently performed rig moves, offshore wind infrastructure installations, and seabed surveys before returning to Newfoundland and Labrador for a seasonal project this summer. The Horizon Arctic was en route to the site on Sunday and then returned to Port in St. John's to pick up deep water equipment. Late last night, the Arctic crew loaded a US ROV, which thanks to the US military, arrived by air to St. John's Airport late yesterday. The vessel departed the Port of St. John's at 5 a.m. this morning and will arrive at the Titanic site tomorrow morning. We are very aware of the time sensitivity around this mission. Our crews and onshore team are experts in their fields and will continue to support this effort in every way we can. We remain focused on contributing to the search for the Titan crew and continue to hold out hope that they will be located and brought home safely. Chief Joe. Thank you, Sean. Thank you all for being here too as well. My name is uh, Chief Nizel Joe. I'm from the Mauboogie First Nation and on the south coast of Newfoundland. And I can tell you that our, we are, our people are very concerned uh, for the crew of the Titan. We're proud of the Polar Prince, its crew, and work that has been done, that it does. This remarkable vessel, we have no doubt that the captain crew have been handling themselves with utmost expertise and professionalism throughout this difficult time. Also want to thank Sean and the support team here at Horizon for all they're doing, support the search, uh, search and rescue operations. I've been in con constant contact with the operation team that the company have been reaching out to prayer groups across the country to bring the hope and to this effort. We are praying for our friends on board the Titan submersible. We want them to come home. We want them to come home. And we want them to come home safely. We ask everyone across Canada and the world to pray with us that we can find the rescue the and rescue the Titan. Thank you. So there you go. You can hear the emotion in their voices. Sean Leed and uh, Chief Measle Joe of Horizon Maritime Services in Miapakek. Horizon. Um, the Horizon Arctic is joining that search. It's on its way now. Uh, left at 5 o'clock this morning. Is expected to arrive tomorrow morning. And as uh, Sean Leed uh, just indicated, they are very aware of the time sensitivity involved in this. They're carrying a U.S. ROV that arrived uh, last night via air. Um, Premier Andrew Fury, of course, continuing to get briefed on the latest developments. Here's what he had to say to reporters, including VOCM's Noah Shepard today during a media scrum um, just uh, earlier this morning. Uh, and so just switching gears a little bit here, um, the missing submersible, just what's the latest that you're hearing? Well, we've had good conversations with uh, the UK High Commissioner to Canada, uh, with some of the companies, um, the US Ambassador, um, and the information that we're hearing is, is, I'm sure, the same that's being reported everywhere, that 
they have picked up uh, some sonar, some sonar detected sounds. Um, they're unsure of the origin of that, but uh, it certainly gives uh, hope to the to the rescue effort. Um, of course, we're all incredibly sympathetic and empathetic towards the families and, and the people on the souls on the vehicle, um, and we're all very hopeful for a speedy, emergent return. Um, thankfully, the weather is cooperating a little bit more today. Uh, there is no question that this is a global effort uh, to help return uh, this vehicle and the souls on board, and I'm confident that they have every asset and te technological piece of assets uh, available to them uh, to uh, to avail of to in, in order to make this a, a, a successful effort, if possible. Yeah, of course, as, as Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, we're, um, we're not inexperienced with respect to, uh, to the ocean, and, and we have a complicated, rich history with the ocean. It's why we're all here in this, nor in this rock in the middle of the North Atlantic. It generates economy. It, it's always it's generated employment, uh, but it's also been a source of tragedy that's been interwoven throughout our history as Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. So... Uh, to have the the world now sees that uh, from our perspective, and I am confident that we will open our hearts and our homes as we've done in tragedies in the past, marine or otherwise, like 9/11 or after other marine tragedies, we've done the same throughout our history. Uh, to be there for for the family members and the rescue workers to ensure that they have what they need to make it the best mission possible. That was Premier Andrew Fury speaking with reporters, including VOCM's uh, Noah Shepard, earlier today. Well, when we come back, this is National Indigenous Peoples Day, a time for both celebration and reflection. This is News Talk on VOCM. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. And we're told that emergency crews have arrived now on the scene of that single vehicle crash on the Outer Ring Road westbound. Uh, it's affecting both east and westbound traffic, according to VOCM's Greg Smith, who's on the scene um, just past the Allendale exit westbound. Um, but again, uh, affecting both eastbound and westbound lanes of uh, traffic at a virtual standstill there. So if you have to head in that direction, uh, you might want to try to find an alternate route, and we'll keep you up to date on that as we get more information. Well, today is National Indigenous Peoples Day. Torngat Mountains MHA Leela Evans joins me now. Well, hello, Leela. Hello. So, uh, well, happy National Indigenous Peoples Day to you. Yes, yes, and to you too. And um, while there are lots of celebrations in that, many concerns remain. What, what are your thoughts on this National Indigenous Peoples Day? Well, I, I think it's. Uh, I really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad, and I, you know, I, I do appreciate the fact that we have a National Indigenous Peoples Day, and I think it's a, it's a sign of the times that people are starting to recognize. Um, you know, there's a lot about the Indigenous history 
that they didn't understand. And um, and I think there's a real, I think there's a real strong sense now amongst Canadians that they need to learn the true history and that they need to be able to uh, understand, uh, you know, what Indigenous peoples in Canada went through and, and across the world and the struggles. And and I guess to unlearn or, you know, unlearn some of those negative stereotypes and, and some of the um, thoughts that they had, you know, embedded in them that, that, that created a lot of sense of racism. Um, because when you talk to people, uh, one of the things that people usually say to me is, you know, we never really understood or we never really knew, uh, you know, uh, about the things that, that the harms that was done to Indigenous people, especially in the province of Newfoundland, Labrador, like with our Mi'kmaq, our Innu and our Inuit people. So it's also a time of, um, of a celebration. Are you aware of any major celebrations, particularly in your district? Yes, well, each of the communities in my district have their celebrations, and and a lot of it goes uh, around, uh, you know, uh, ex- celebrating the the culture and the traditions, um, but also to uh, to look back and to remember, you know, the the history of uh, residential schools that you know the communities in my district uh, suffered through. Also, there's there's the forced resettlement. And uh, and a lot of lot of issues. So it's a it's a combination, I think, uh, in in my communities where we celebrate who we are and we celebrate our culture and our people, but also we recognize, uh, you know, the, the 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 true history. Now we had a recent uh, cabinet shuffle on the provincial government side, and you have written to the new uh, Minister of Transportation and Infrastructure, John Abbott, outlining some uh, pretty serious concerns in your district of Torgap Mountains. Uh, what are you hoping that he will address? Well, I'm hoping that he will start to, um, first off, look at the the problems we have with transportation in my district transportation is an ongoing crisis and we've we've been in a transportation crisis now for about the last two years and it's impacting every aspect of our lives and our communities and right now the the priority for me has been with patient travel patients um, not being able to get out to their doctor's appointments and their treatment and to be able to to return home. Uh, Huge delays in that and a lot of missed appointments that's impacting people's health. Uh, There's also passenger travel. Um, like, like for example, myself, this past week, I was trying to get into my district, uh, trying to travel from Goose Bay to Postville, and I couldn't get reservations for, I think it was 11 days. And yeah, I, I, so then I looked at, can I travel to any other communities? And for those 11 days, I couldn't, I couldn't actually get anywhere. Well, actually, I could get to Hopedale on a Friday. Like um, I was looking on Thursday and the following Friday, I could get into Hopedale, but I wasn't planning to travel to Hopedale. I wanted to go to Postville. And for every single community on the North Coast, I couldn't actually make reservations and travel. I would have to wait 11 days to actually be able to fly. So are ice conditions still quite bad? No, the ice conditions is impacting marine. And the marine transportation for my district, is, you know, any delays is quite serious because we've been waiting all winter now for the, uh, you know, the ice to clear off and for the ferry to be able to start running to bring the cargo, uh, the bulk food shipments, uh, all the materials and supplies we need for our communities. 
And we're into our second week of delay uh, for for getting the, the, the ferry service into our communities. And it's not only about getting goods and materials, but it's also about most people will wait to travel during the summer with their families on the ferry because a return ticket, a return ticket anywhere in my communities, like say, for example, to get far as Goose Bay, which is their connection to the Trans-Labrador Highway, you're looking at 750 to probably, you know, um, um, $1,200 for one person. So you, you can't actually travel with, uh, you know, with, with a family at that expense. So, and, and and like I said, the cost is uh, airline costs. Uh, you know, is cost prohibitive. It prevents people from being able to travel. So people usually wait. Um, you know, uh, to, to travel with their families uh, for the summer. So this delay of the boat is really, really impacting people. And a lot of people um, are waiting now for the ferry to run so they can actually um, take their vehicles and go into Goose Bay and be able to travel uh, to other places. And uh, so it's um, it's very very difficult. And even if you can afford airline travel, like Linda, one of the things I says is even if you can afford airline travel, you can't get a reservations uh, more often than not. And when I talk to people, you know, especially patients who who can't get home, you know, if you're waiting four or five or six days, uh, some patients will actually incur the cost and 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 you know this. This, this huge amount of money, but really, no one can afford it because what they're doing is they're putting up monies to travel, air travel. But what's happening is they're taking it from somewhere else in their budget. They're either taking it from their food budget, or you know their you know the the things that they need to do to support their kids, um, you know purchases. Um, many different things. So, for for us on the north coast, our our communities, like we we're really really struggling because it's all interconnected, and it all comes down to what you can afford. And if you look at fuel this winter for people who are trying to buy buy stove oil, you know, and um, you know they were incurring like to heat their houses stove oil. They were incurring costs in the winter of between a uh, thousand to two thousand uh, dollars you know just to heat your house and 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 that's creating a lot of problems so a lot of people were not were not warm this winter uh, and and you know um, it, they weren't you know they, they were hungry and this is impacting uh, you know your 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 overall wellness I, I, I say transportation issues impacts the wellness of our people Right, impacts our health, our 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 mental health, our social development, um, our socialization. It's to me uh, like I I'm really really concerned. Uh, and one of the things that I'm really concerned about is I see erosion of services. Like when people talk to them, to me, they're kind of shocked, but I say it's it's actually getting worse, and I don't know how much more worse it can get. Leela, any response from the minister yet? No, actually, uh, he hasn't responded back. But in actual fact, the I think it was the second or the third letter I've sent. The first letter was the former minister was, uh, it was June 5th. It was still Minister Loveless. And he don't reply back. And it's not only to me. Uh, you know, I've heard from the Nazi vote about not getting responses. I was, I was in meetings with uh, the municipalities, and it was relayed to me that he wasn't getting back. 
um, I did, I did, um, I also checked, like I called over and I said, I wanted to make sure Minister Abbott knows that I've sent this email. So I actually, I copied his, uh, I even copied his CA on it to, just to let him know. And um, I think the second letter I sent to him, which was yesterday, I got a reply back acknowledging receipt of the email. So I, I think uh, I, I want to give Minister Abbott a chance to start, um, you know, looking at the issues, the transportation issues, not only for my district, for, but for the, for the whole province. Because of all the ministers, I find that he does take on a lot of the issues, and he's quite willing to 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 work with uh, with the MHAs. When he was with CSSD and responsible for Newfoundland Labrador Housing, you know, he did work with me in the last year, and we were starting to make progress. But I am I am concerned. Like it's a double-edged sword. He's moving over to transportation. I have high hopes. I talked to the Nazi government members. I said, you know, we, we, we might we might actually get somewhere with this minister. Um, but, of course, now, in some aspects, I've lost him now from CSSD, Children in Care. And as you're hearing, you know, it's been in the news, uh, the you know, Children in Care inquiry is ongoing. And that's revealing a lot of things that's gone on and is continuing to go on in terms of Inuit children in care. And we've had a lot of issues with our Inuit children in care as well. So to me is, you know, I'm gaining a, you know, a, a, a better ministry in transportation, but I'm also losing somebody that I come to actually rely on in the last year in that other portfolio. So Leela Evans, I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yes, and, and thank you for, for, for listening to me. Thank you. That's uh, Torngat Mountains MHA, Leela Evans, on this National Indigenous Peoples Day. Well, stay tuned to VOCM. We'll continue to give you uh, whatever updates are available on the ongoing search off the coast here for the uh, submersible, the Titan. I'll be on uh, VOCM Open Line tomorrow morning, so do join me then. Uh, I'll be... Uh, uh, more than happy to take your calls. And um, that means tomorrow afternoon might be Brian Callahan or it might be me. We'll see now. So stay tuned for that. A mystery. Um, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great evening.